You're listening to the Fertility Academy Podcast, episode 24. Today, I'm going to be talking about miscarriage and what to do after you've had a miscarriage. Welcome to Fertility Academy, a podcast where we provide you with information and tools to help you optimize your fertility to grow your family no matter where you are in your fertility journey. We offer interesting, creative, and evidence-based information and give you practical tools to help you get closer to your goal of building a family. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a fertility-focused acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, board-certified fertility specialist, and fertility coach with over 10 years of experience helping my patients build their families. I'm so glad you're here with us. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Today in the solo episode, I'm going to be talking with you about miscarriage, which is a topic that frequently comes up in my clinical practice. At this point in my career, I've seen hundreds of women go through miscarriages and infant loss, and it's a really hard thing for people to go through, and it's not talked about enough. As much as miscarriage and infant loss is an incredibly painful thing to experience, I do believe it is important to talk about it and even normalize it as a part of human physiology. That's right. Miscarriage is a normal part of human reproduction and physiology. There are obviously nuances and exceptions to the statement that need to be considered, but according to the science, the majority of miscarriages occur as a part of a normal physiological process, and I want to spread the word about this. I feel very strongly about this for a number of reasons. Firstly, when people know that it may be a part of normal body function, it can help them process it in a different way. That's not to say that it won't be painful or that it shouldn't be painful, but it's a consideration that can be taken when going through this. Secondly, when miscarriage is acknowledged and discussed openly, we can advocate for better support for people going through this experience, because right now there's very little of anything. I'm going to circle back around to this topic later so we can get into it a little bit more deeply. So let's talk about the numbers and facts. As a general rule of thumb, the earlier on in your pregnancy you are, the higher your chances of miscarriage. About 80% of miscarriages end in the first trimester. That's week 1 to 13. In weeks 1 to 4 of pregnancy, the rate of miscarriage is as high as 50 to 75%. Many people experience a pregnancy that doesn't produce a positive pregnancy test, so they don't even know they're pregnant. They might simply get a late period or one that's heavier than usual, and a lot of people call this a chemical pregnancy, but it can also be looked at as a miscarriage. From week 5, the rate of miscarriage is around 21%. Week 6 and 7, around 5%. Weeks 8 to 13 is 2 to 4%, and from week 13 on, it drops below 1%. I'm sharing these numbers simply to show how common an occurrence it is to experience miscarriage, especially in the first trimester. In addition to this, we know that most miscarriages are caused by genetic abnormalities, and miscarriage is one of these ways that the body attempts to make sure that our future children have the best chance of survival. If you've had an early miscarriage, that is, in the first trimester, it's most likely due to genetic abnormalities, which, again, are a normal part of human physiology. The human body is imperfect, and although conception itself is miraculous in my opinion, nature doesn't always hit the nail on the head, and miscarriage is a common way to solve for this. 
The deeper reason why I want to put an emphasis on this part of things is because I want to offer some science behind my statement when I tell you that it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything to cause this to happen. We exist in a culture where the load of majority of the burden of conceiving, caring, and parenting our children is placed almost exclusively on the parent who's pregnant. And yet it's so much more complicated than that. There are so many factors that contribute to miscarriage and infant loss, and so many of these factors are completely out of our control and have nothing to do with us. And still, the blame and heaviness of dealing with miscarriage is often placed on the person experiencing the miscarriage. And this can be by partners, family, friends and acquaintances, and even yourself. I want to take a moment to pause to let that sink in. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything to cause it. Your body is not broken. It's part of normal human physiology. It's painful. And it happens. There will be so many other thoughts and emotions at play during a miscarriage, but it might be useful to try on a few of these other thoughts as well. Now, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm talking about single miscarriage and maybe even two, though even two back-to-back would have my red flag up in a clinical setting. In this case, we would be looking into the diagnosis of recurrent miscarriage. The current widely accepted definition of recurrent miscarriage is when someone has experienced three or more consecutive or back-to-back pregnancy losses. If this is what's happening to you, it's worth investigating if there's anything going on. I have an article on my clinic website all about the potential causes of miscarriage. A lot of the time, it's about figuring out what's going on because there usually is a simple corresponding treatment. I'll post the article in the show notes if you want to read more about it in detail. And also to note, if you are experiencing recurrent miscarriages, I do recommend working with somebody to navigate getting to the bottom of the root cause and treating it. If this is a conversation you'd like to have, I'd be happy to get on a call with you to discuss how I might be able to support you. You can just go to the website and fill out the contact page. I'll link it directly in the show notes so you can find it easily. So back to the non-recurrent miscarriage. That is, if you haven't experienced three or more back-to-back. What I want to talk about next are some thoughts on how to move through it. First, I want to acknowledge the shock that you might be feeling due to what has physically just happened. Most people don't talk about what it's really like to have a miscarriage and what actually happens in your body. If you went to the hospital or you were diagnosed with a miscarriage and you're waiting for it to happen, the doctor is unlikely to have told you exactly what to expect when it happened. It's messy. It's painful. Like, really painful. It's gross. It's hard. Many of my patients who come in after having a miscarriage for the first time tell me no one told me what it was going to be like. I've had close friends who have had miscarriages and they didn't tell me any of that. The doctor that diagnosed me with having miscarried told me that it would be like a heavy period and it was not like a heavy period. I want to tell you that the hardest part physically and it's over now. Moving forward, there will be ebbs and flows as your body re-regulates. Your hormones will rebalance. Your body will return and regulate. Your work now is to let that happen. So next, I want to share a few things that you can do as you wait for your body to re-regulate itself. There are three main things that I like to share. The first one is rest. Your body has just gone through a trauma of sorts. Even though it's a normal part of physiology in most cases, it still takes a tremendous amount of energy to become pregnant and then miscarry. 
you will also have been likely to have lost a significant amount of blood during the process. Your body now has to embark on the task of rebalancing your hormone levels, building up your nutrient stores and blood levels, and re-regulating your nervous system. And this takes a lot of energy. So it's worth the time to rest as much as you can. Now, I want to acknowledge that societally, we don't offer a lot of support when people have miscarriages. I would say that it's the exception as opposed to the rule when an employer offers paid time off when someone is going through this type of thing, and it isn't always an option for people to take unpaid time off. I think it speaks to deeper factors at play when it comes to how we prioritize healthcare and honoring the physiological needs of the bodies of the women and people who menstruate and have cycles. But that's another topic for another day. That was my long-winded way of saying rest. Do the best you can. Go to sleep early. Take a break from working out. It all adds up and it all counts. Number two is nutrition. Now, I know you might be thinking that I'm going to tell you to focus on eating the healthiest diet possible, but I actually want to make a bit of a different suggestion, which is that eating foods that make you feel comforted and nourished are okay right now. Your body is craving nutrient-rich, dense, fatty, creamy foods right now. It makes sense. Your nervous system has been rocked. You've lost a lot of blood and other essential nutrients, and you need nourishment. So eat the burger. If that's what your body is telling you what it needs, you'll probably really benefit from that big dose of iron. But I would like to offer a more clear health recommendation as well, which is to keep taking your prenatal vitamin. This will help you rebuild the stores and ensure that you get everything you need. Even if you can't imagine trying to conceive again in the near future, take your prenatal, at least until your period comes back and you've had a few normal menstrual cycles. The last suggestion I want to offer is to lean into self-compassion. Wherever you are right now, it's okay. Whatever you're feeling right now, it's okay. If your partner feels differently than you, it's okay. If you feel anxious and impatient and want to try to get pregnant again as soon as possible, that's normal and that's okay. If you can't possibly imagine being pregnant again, that's normal too and that's okay. If you're having trouble sleeping, that's normal. If you're having trouble concentrating and doing your job, it's normal. If you're having tension or fighting with your partner, it's normal. Whatever is happening for you right now is okay. If your reaction to miscarrying doesn't look the same as your friend or family member who went through it, that's okay too. What I want you to notice is the way you talk to yourself about these things when they come up. Are you being gentle? Are you speaking to yourself in a way that you would speak to your best friend if they were going through it? Just pay attention. Just notice. How did this conversation sit with you today? Do you want to keep talking? If so, you can go to my website and fill out the contact form to book a call with me and learn more about how I can support you virtually. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram. You can find me at Fertility Academy. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. Until then, take good care. Thank you for joining us on Fertility Academy. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you loved our content today, please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with someone who you think might find it helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to be notified of new episodes. A new one comes out every Wednesday. To keep in touch with us and to continue the conversation, you can find us over on Instagram at Fertility Academy or join us on our private Facebook group, the Fertility Academy Community. Both are linked in the show notes today. Until next time, have a great week.